morning, everybody. Can you say good morning? Good morning. Okay, one, two, three. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. So, what month is it right now? Uh, <laughs> is it October? November. And what do we celebrate in November? Thanksgiving. 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 Yeah. So I want to talk about that a little bit today. Okay. Um, can I ask you? Who are you thankful for? Your parents? Good answer. Good <laughs> uh, answer. who are you thankful to? Your classroom, you're thankful to your classroom? That's a good answer, yeah. You have a classroom to go to? Audrey, what are you thankful for? God. God? Ooh, good answer. <laughs> That's a great answer. So, I want to tell you guys a story, okay? Jesus was going to Galilee. He was on his way. And there were ten lepers. Can everyone do this? Ten. Okay, really easy, right? Ten. Do you guys know what lepers are? Yeah, lepers were people with a, a skin disease. And, and it was very painful, very painful. And as Jesus was going to Galilee, to put up these 10 fingers again, these 10 lepers were off in the distance. And they said, Jesus, can you heal us? And you know what Jesus said? No, no, Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said, go to the priests and see if you're cleansed. And at that moment, the people who are sick, the people with the disease, how many? Ten. Ten were, were healed. And they went, and they all left, and they went to go to the priests. But guess what? Put up that tent. Ten. One. Do you know what he did? Yes, I did. You guys He went back and praised God and thanked Jesus. How many? One. Out of how many? Ten. And Jesus said, only one came back? What about the other nine? So we need to remember, oh, we need to remember to thank God, but not just on Thanksgiving, right? When should we thank God? Every day. Every day. Good answer. Oh, I'm going to roll today. <laughs> every day we should thank God. How many of you guys pray every day? Who prays every day? Yeah. <laughs> what does your prayer sound like? I'll tell you what, sometimes my prayer says, God, please help me to do this, or please help me to do that, or please heal this person, and do this and that. But my prayers don't have a lot of thankfulness in it. I don't thank God a lot in my prayers. And I want to change that. So I want to challenge all of you, every single day, when you pray, before you ask God for healing or whatever you may ask God for, pray a thankful prayer. Try to thank God for one thing that He has given you. Okay? 
Can we do that? Yes. yes? Let's pray. Dear God, I just want to thank you for this time and for uh, just the kids, uh, children to come together and to uh, learn more about you. Um, simple principles that we pray that will last for the rest of their lives. God, please help us to be thankful. God, you're not a genie. You're not Santa Claus. You've already given us so much to be thankful for. Our parents, or um, things that you provide in our lives. But the number one thing that we must be thankful for is Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins. Please help us to remember that. Um, as a church, help us to remind each other to be thankful. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you, children. How come I never get a hand? <laughs> Today's message is entitled Saving Faith, Saving Faith, Persevering Faith. And today in our passage, Psalm 37, we see the psalmist wrestling before the Lord, wrestling with his heart before his enemies, asking a simple question that many of us ask all the time. Lord, why do my enemies have more than I do? Lord, why is it that those who do not follow you, do not know you, seem to have a happier and better life than me. Now we know in our minds that that's not true. We know that Jesus Christ has given us salvation. And all of us here in this room, if I were to ask the question, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Almost all of you will raise your hand and say, Yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. If I were to ask you the question, do you believe that the things that you have on this earth will one day fade away, and that one day all you'll have left is Christ, and that you'll be able to rejoice in Him? And still, most of you would raise your hand and say, you know what, I, I do believe that, that Christ is my all in all. But in the life we live today, there's always a disconnect, is there not? Between what you know here and what you actually believe. Our hearts do not lie, but our hearts actually expose what our faith truly is. And it can be difficult as a Christian to come face to face with our own hearts and not be disappointed, not be downcast, not be even broken-hearted over your own faith. But Scripture is full 
passages, especially in the Psalms, of people who wrestle with this. And it's one of the reasons why I encourage all of you to read the Psalms. Read the Psalms over and over again. Read the Psalms as part of your daily prayer life. Read your Psalms to, to hear the hit the psalmist's heart so that you can reflect upon your own heart and realize what I'm going through in my Christian life is not abnormal, it's actually normal. God has given us a faith that's both saving and persevering. And we often simply focus on the saving faith without realizing that the persevering faith is what God has also given to us to live day to day. Now, what is saving faith, first and foremost? Saving faith is that faith that saves you from sin. It's that faith that shows you that you do not belong to this world, but belong to God. There is a time in your life when you were, as we say, born again. You don't know when, you don't know why, but one day when you woke up, you realized, I don't belong to this world. I belong to Jesus. And for, for many people, it takes them by surprise. It might be a conversation you had with someone, and someone says to you, are, are you a Christian? And for the first time in your life, you're saying to, to say to yourself, I guess I am. I am. I believe Jesus is my Savior. I do. And it comes out of the blue for, for many of us. And even if you grew in a Christian home and you sort of gradually understood the doctrines and the stories of Scripture, there are times in your life when God sort of, it just clicked for you. Perhaps you're lying in bed and you can't go to sleep and you feel God's presence. God, forgive me for my sins. I don't know why, but I, I know I'm a sinner. God, draw near to me. I need you. That same faith that God gives you enables you to recognize your humanity, your suffering, your sinfulness, and enables you to trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. This is the saving faith that many of us are familiar with. And the saving faith is where we all start our journey as Christian people. But the same faith that God has given us is also the same faith that allows us to persevere. And this is the faith that is important for you to hold on to and to trust in. Because life in the world will always be difficult. It does not matter how rich you are. It does not matter how poor you are. It doesn't matter how educated you are. It doesn't matter what gender, what race you are. 
if you are a human being and you are made in God's image, which you are, you will never be, we will never be able to escape the fallenness of this world. Now what does persevering faith look like? Persevering faith, first of all, is not perfect faith. Let's say it again. Persevering faith is not perfect faith. It means that when you come to know your Lord and Savior, it does not mean that your life is going to be marked with getting all the right answers all the time. Of doing all the right things at every moment of your life. There is no sort of I could put it this way, God mode when you become a Christian. Where all the knowledge and the wisdom sort of fall upon you and you're able to detect and feel the mood around you. Detect and understand what's going on in people's minds and make the right decisions. It is why the Lord always commands us love Love, love one another. That's why God always commands us, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's why Paul always prays in the beginning of his, his letters in Philippians and Colossians, Ephesians, that your love may abound more and more, that your love may grow. We don't have a perfect faith. We have a saving faith. And we have a persevering faith. But never think that you need to be perfect in all of these things. But to be gracious to what God is doing in you. If we really truly believe that we're saved by grace and grace alone, this should not be a surprise to us up here. But we still live by the perfectionism, the legalism of our own hearts. And when we fail, we often think our faith has failed. That when we, when someone else fails us, we think their faith has failed. In fact, point number two, in order to have persevering faith, you must have failure. Can you say that again? Persevering faith means that you will fail. Right? If you don't fail, you, you don't need to persevere in anything. If you don't fail, you don't need to grow in anything. If you don't fail, you don't need to trust in anything. But to have a faith that perseveres in this world, it means that you are going to be tempted. And we don't want to fall into temptation, but we have one who will forgive us when we do. And in fact, God tells us that this life will not be perfect for any of us. We will sin against him and sin against one another. But we have one high priest who has made the sacrifice, the eternal sacrifice for you and for me. This is what Psalm 37 is about. If you look at the header, 
if you have your Bibles with you in the ESV. And this isn't, uh, this isn't part of scripture. Uh, this is something that the editors put in from ESV, but the, the header is, is a great sort of title for this whole sermon, which is, He Will Not Forsake His Saints. What do we see in verse 1? We see the saint fretting about because of evil doers and being envious. That's you, that's me. <coughs> worried about our lives. Worried about what other people have that we don't have. Seeing people cutting corners to advance their careers and wondering, that's not fair. That's not fair. I've obeyed you. I've, I've done what I'm supposed to do. And look at that. It's not fair. This is the heart of someone who is wrestling with God. It's you and it's me. Verse 8, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil, for the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Refrain from evil. These are people who are getting angry, who show forth their, their fits of rage, as it says in Ephesians chapter 5, towards one another. Who have blow-ups to each other. And I know you all know what that looks like. Because you've had it happen to you, and you've done it to others. You know what I'm saying, right? All of a sudden, you're like, you know, you put a book down somewhere, and someone says, why don't you put that book down there? Someone, they start going off on you. You're like, oh, where did that come from? Why are you so angry? Or someone says one little thing to you, and you just you blow up as well. That person just sort of just steps back slowly. They know that it's not necessarily because of you. But anger and rage flow from our hearts. The psalmist is wrestling and wondering. God, is this the life that you have given me? Is this the faith that I, I have? A faith that continues to allow me to get angry at this. A faith that's envious of other people. A faith that fails to trust in you. I want to encourage you. Encourage all of you. That this is the normal part of growing in our love for the Lord. If we turn to the Gospels, we, we turn to the Apostle Peter. And Peter must be the most humblest man in the world. Because if that's if all these stories of Peter's rambunctiousness, all these stories of Peter's failures, 
were written about you or me, I think we would turn away and walk away. But who was the one who denied Peter, or denied Jesus three times? Where Jesus even warned him and said, Jesus, you're going to deny me three times before the morning rooster crows. And Peter says, it's not going to be me. I trust in you. I know who you are. I am the one who said that you are God. You are the Savior. I know who you are. And Jesus still says to him three times. Three times Peter fails. Do we look at Peter and say to him, look, here is an example who failed, therefore he's disqualified from saving faith. He's disqualified from knowing God. No. In fact, Jesus restores him. And we see at the end of the Gospel of John that Jesus lifts Peter back up and says, you have work to do for my kingdom. For all of us, we, we will fail. But that's where our persevering faith comes in. And this is the third part is that when we do fall, persevering faith allows us to look at God and to look at Him and to look at the, and to look at the love and the salvation that is still ours within our fallen nature. And this is all the psalmist does all the time. He, he convinces himself, he, he speaks himself the truth of what happens in the end. The truth is that the evildoers will indeed fade like grass. The truth is that if we are still and wait patiently for the Lord, that He will show up. That it is true that in the midst of our failures, if we simply delight in God, He will give us the desires of our heart. That God Himself will one day call us blameless and, and give us a heritage in the saints. That all of these are true. Persevering faith is, is, is not simply say no all the time and, and succeeding in, in temptation, but persevering faith is knowing when to repent and turn to God and to trust in His promises. <coughs> If Peter can look Jesus straight in the eyes and ask for forgiveness, we who have his Holy Spirit, who have the conviction of our sins, but also have the presence of God, surely we can turn to him and ask for forgiveness. And surely he will forgive you and give you life again. But this is how we grow. Now I'm not saying, number one, that's okay for you to fall into sin. There's ways out. And you must follow that the Lord, when the Lord gives you strength. But when you do fall, then there's still a way out. 
And that's Christ himself and his love for you. This is the persevering faith that God gives us until the very end when the Lord returns. And then when the Lord returns, that saving faith, that persevering faith becomes perfect faith. Where all we can do is say yes to Jesus. And every time we say yes, it becomes the delight of our hearts. So what are some practical applications to all of this? Number one, and you've heard me say this many times, have a good sense of humor, please. Have a good sense of humor. Let there be laughter amongst you as Christians. Laughter. And the reason why there's laughter is because we do not take ourselves too seriously. We just don't. If we see evildoers, or those who do not know the Lord, who are succeeding because of their doing wrong, taking advantage of the system, have a good sense of humor. Why? Because in the end, we know it really doesn't matter. God's love for us is eternal. And even for many of you, you know that even in the short term, it doesn't matter. I wish I could go to the Wayback Machine, show you the things that you, you worried about 10 years ago, come back and show it to you and go, do you remember this? And you're like, no. Have a good sense of humor. Have a good sense of humor when you do sin. Repent well, but don't flog yourself. Forgive well, don't hold grudges. But laugh together and say, Satan, no way are you going to break the fellowship in this room. No way are you going to break the, the love that we have here. God has forgiven us for our sins. We've, we've, we've repented. We laugh at you, Satan for trying to hold something over us that God doesn't anymore. We have a good sense of humor. When you're in the midst of temptation, I like to tell people when you're in the midst of temptation, measure sort of what, what would happen if you fall into temptation over against if you obey God. And once you measure what will happen when you fall into temptation, Instead of someone to be scared about punishment, because there's no punishment, look at the, what's the word I'm looking for? I just lost it. Look at how foolish. Look how funny. Look how laughable that road truly is. And laugh. Enjoy the path that the Lord has given you. So the first thing, for your persevering faith, have a good sense of humor. Have a good sense of humor. Second of all, in your persevering faith, forgive, this is going to sound a little bit weird, but trust in God's forgiveness of you. It's sort of a flip way of saying what the world likes to say, forgive yourself. 
I don't like that term, I don't think it's a biblical term, but instead, trust in God's forgiveness for you. Don't live in a place where you really believe that you need to make recompense for whatever sins that you have done to God. God has forgiven you. Accept that, accept his love for you. Take some deep breaths and say, God loves me. God's forgiven me. And then thirdly and lastly, show that same love for other people. Persevering faith allows us to laugh, allows us to rest in Him, and allows us to love other people well. We see that this world is broken, but we see that God has given us the faith to walk in the midst of that brokenness, ours and everyone else's. Cry out to the Lord. Ask of Him for His presence, and surely He will be there for you. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy. There is no one like you, and we lift your name on high. Father, we thank you, Lord, that the saving faith that you've given us is the same persevering faith that you've given us, the object of which is Christ himself. Jesus came to save us, and Jesus is continually saving us, Lord God, from, the, from our own sins day to day rescuing us from temptations as well. And so, Lord God, as we live this life of battle here, Lord God, help us to see that this is the Christian life. But as we fight these battles, Lord, we, we see that you are with us. And when you are with us, Lord God, our, our, our joy just overflows. For your presence is what we long for. Your forgiveness and love is what we have received. And so, Lord, aid us through your spirit and through your word, Lord God, to walk boldly before the enemy, before this world, and before even the evil desires of our hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.